Hey, we're continuing a very important series that we've been in, Enemies of the Heart. And I believe that, um, especially during this season of Thanksgiving, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. But you know what can take thankfulness out of our hearts are these enemies of our heart. And so we've been walking a journey out together, um, really confronting these enemies that we've had Let's be honest, some of us have grown up with these enemies. Some, some of us have had thoughts um, that have come up from time to time. These are the enemies. They always combat what God believes true about us. And I would even go a little further and say it really combats what we think about ourselves in light of the gospel. And so it's important for you and I to know what God believes true about us. Why? Because it determines the way we live out our life. It dictates uh, what decisions we make, when we make them, how often. It determines the course of our life. And one thing that we've been really highlighting is this term, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because from it flow the issues of life. So let's continue in this series. This next enemy that we're going to talk about today is really one of the greatest enemies I can see. And it's called a wounded heart. A wounded heart. Truth is, I don't care who you are, where you come from, what you've done. I think we've all had to confront a wounded heart. We've all been impacted by our wounds in our heart. And isn't it interesting that when you have a wounded heart, the enemy plays on that, right? What he does is he projects uh, the hurt uh, like it was a movie screen in our minds. And what he tricks us into doing is he tricks us into rehearsing, replaying, right? those hurts over and over and over again. Why? Because he tries to convince you and I that what we see, hear me, is our reality. I love it because here at Calvary Church, you have to understand that there is something that is seen, but then we also understand a higher reality that what we have been promised is the unseen. It's the difference of below the line versus above the line you want to know how many of us get hung up why we get trapped it's because we get so focused on the below the line that we take that on as our reality not seeing above the line God's promises that have been extended to you and I above the line and hear me what the enemy does plays these films in our minds right of the hurt And although these movies in your mind are imaginary, the lens of hurt causes every scene to appear technicolor, 3D, as real as it can be. And can I tell you, the enemy wants you to react to every intimidating, inferior, judgmental, negative, discouraging, and bitter picture in your life. That's his card. That's what he's playing. He wants you to react to what's happening around you, not respond to God's grace that has already been given to you. 
important because the films on the movie screen of your minds can be corrected. But, but hear me, it begins with a change of heart. How are we going to be transformed? It begins with a change of heart because behavior is a byproduct of what you believe. Nothing changes around you until it changes in you. And hear me, some of us have these films in our minds, some of the hurts, some of the past pain, some of the things that we're dealing with in our minds, they have affected the way we view everything in life. Our perspective is not what we see, but the way we see it. So the hurt, the pain, the wounds from our past, you know what they end up doing? They pollute our vision. And I wonder some of us are so fatigued, so frustrated, with where our life is headed because our vision is clogged up. We cannot see because of those wounds. And it causes us to misinterpret what we observe. Let me say that again. It causes us to misinterpret what we observe. And we know what we call these wounds, these hurts? Sore spots. Sore spots are those things that can seize control of our heart perverting our perspective and the condition of our hearts governs the way we view our world. I'll say it like this, that we don't see things as they are, but we see things as we are through our perspective, through our experiences, through our hurt, through our pain. This is why it's so important for each and every one of us to have a revelation of what God believes true about us. Because that's the ultimate opinion that we live from. Now hear me, if we don't have a revelation of what God thinks to be true about us, then we're going to be swayed by everybody else's opinion. We're going to make decisions based off of other people's opinions. Are you hearing me? Some of us have made career moves based off of other people's opinions. But hear me, when you know that you know God's opinion of you and all that matters is God's opinion of you. Can I tell you that is a freeing place. It is an empowering place. It is a place where you can start dreaming again and see your life as the way God intended it to be. None of this inferior stuff. None of this stuff to say, woe's me, I'm a victim. But really being empowered by the gospel. And hear me, as the attitude of our heart changes, how we look at things also changes is the only way to correct our perspective is remember by having a transformation of the heart. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, Jesus explains it this way. Look what he says. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Okay, pause for a second. How do I see God? How do I see God? We just, we just finished a, a holiday where the intention of the holiday is to give thanks, is to see God, is to see what he has brought in our lives. How do I see God? Blessed are the pure in heart. Remember, what are we talking about guarding? Our hearts. Hey, the more I'm able to guard my heart, the more I'm able to put good things in my heart, God's word, God's opinion of me, guess what? I'm able to see God in every situation, no matter what's happening. Clarity of vision, right? 
clarity of vision. Anybody drive down the freeway with a dirty windshield? It's kind of tough, right? You got to clean the windshield, the window, so that you can look through. Do you know what God's word does for us? It allows us to have a clear vision of his opinion about us. Look at Psalm 109.22. It says this, I am afflicted and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Now, I love David. David is a little bit emotional. He's gone through some stuff. He's being honest. We see David as this king, as, you know, this powerful king that ruled Israel and He did lots of good things, but then he has moments like this that he talks about his sore spot and he says, I'm afflicted and I'm needy. My heart is wounded within me. You know what we would say? We wouldn't necessarily say it like this. We would say like, God, where are you? (laughs) God, you didn't show up. God, you failed me again. That's what we would say if we were being honest. Listen, if our hearts aren't healed, we will view others through a wounded perspective. We will view others through a skewed perspective. And damage to the heart creates a lens that perverts the way we see people rather than embracing them the way God intended them and us to be together. We will restrict our closeness to them, we would run away from people all because our hearts are wounded. And did you know that physical injuries can teach you about heart wounds? Think about it for a second. Because people with wounded hearts react abnormally. Why? Because they're protecting sore spots on their souls. They're in protection mode, and the slightest touch on their hurting area will cause extreme pain because a sore spot is invisible. You cannot see it. No one knows where it's located until someone applies pressure to it. And the the reality is that wounded people react different than healthy people. I'm going to give you just a few examples just to help us today. But healthy people, get this, are more willing to change. Hurting people are less willing to change. Haven't we figured out something about life? Life always changes, right? Pastor has always told me, well, hey, guess what? Things always change. If you like something the way it's going, it's going to change. If you don't like something the way it's going, then guess what? Good news. It's going to change. Life brings changes, right? But the more you're willing to change, what if that's health? Healthy people are more willing to admit failure. Oh, there's a good one. Uh, Hurting people are less willing to admit the failure. Healthy people are more willing to learn from others. Hurting people are less willing. I'll give you one more. More, uh, uh, Healthy people are more willing to do something about the problem. Hurting people are less willing to do anything. They just ignore it. And although some of us have made 
may have some wounds in our hearts from years ago. An unhealthy sore spot can cause a lot of pain. And, and really quick, I want you to consider five symptoms which indicate that we're still aching from these heart wounds. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Being e easily injured. What I mean by that, each person is touched on a sore spot. The injury, when it's touched, becomes a little more sensitive. Come on, I know you're probably thinking of somebody, but what if this is for you? <laughs> Think about that for a second, because the slightest pressure on a sore spot can unleash all kind of pent-up anger inside somebody that has been buried for years. You know how it comes? Sometimes it comes in words. They say a certain word that just triggers you, and there you go. You're a human landmine. They applied the pressure, and you just exploded. Here's another area right here. Suspicion of others. Do you know that our wounds, that are, that are if we don't protect our hearts, that sore spots cause us to view others suspiciously? You can't trust anybody. And we assume that those people have an agenda to hurt us, so we react by running away, right? Sore spots make us run, and all, although others may not intend harm, we may misjudge their motives because we view them through a wounded heart. Let me give you another one. Difficulty loving others. Wounded people struggle with showing love. Wounded people struggle with showing love. Because guess what? They're consumed with their own pain. That they become self-absorbed and forget the needs of everybody else. Listen, I, I've been there. But here's, here's a truth for you to take away today. That the greatest gift that you can give to the people in your life is a healthy heart. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Because the more healthy your heart is, man, the more you can flow with change, the more you can adjust. You don't have these false expectations on people you embrace it as it comes and even as it goes. You allow God to take control. Are you hearing me? The greatest gift that I can give to my family and to others is a healthy heart. If I'm not healthy, I'm not giving anything good. Here's another one, victim mentality. Ooh, I played this game a lot. Victim mentality. Hey, for all of us that have wounds on our hearts, it's easy for us to have a victim mentality. This kind of attitude, guess what? We blame other people for an offense or sometimes an imaginary offense because sometimes they didn't even intend it that way. But guess what? I believe the gospel of grace allows us to take responsibility for our hurts with no shame, no guilt, and allows God to heal us from the inside out. Here's the last one, defensive attitude. Whew. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19. Here's a strong one, you ready? It says this, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city and contentions are like bars of a castle. What a picture. You talk about Fort Knox locked down 
Whenever someone's hurt, they, the, defensive, the defensive attitude, it keeps everybody away. You have to understand that this verse is, uh, a, it's, it's describing a picture in ancient times of a strong city and that was characterized by its walls, which were constructed as a defense mechanism to prevent fatal injury or people from invading. But hear me, you know what we do? Because we get hurt, we back up, we put up walls, we go in defensive mode, and what, what starts as protection ends up being a prison because we're left with ourselves. Hey, this is not a trick question, but did God intend for us to live life by ourselves in isolation? And this is what the danger is with what's going on in our society today. Listen, we need the church more than ever. We need the local gathering more than ever. There's more depression these days. Why? Isolation. There's people that are trying to to find relief in other things. Why? Isolation. We need the gathering together. It's so important to gather around the gospel as a group of believers, as a community, to hear God's word, God's opinion of us, because that's what matters most. And listen, man, if he brought you this far and you're protected, then guess what? Maybe he's just good enough to protect you into your future. You don't have to worry about your health, your provision, your safety. Just what if you take God at his word? Come on, are you ready to deal with sore spots today? I've said a whole lot, but I'm going to give you some good news now. We've diagnosed you. <laughs> you didn't know you were coming to Dr. David today, but we've diagnosed you. I believe every one of us have some wounds on our hearts that if we allow God to do what he needs to do, it can heal us. And we can walk out of here whole and complete the way he promised. So today we're going to give you some keys, some keys to be able to unlock healing for your internal injuries. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Take notes. Number one, the petition key. The petition key. Now, I know what you're probably saying, Pastor. Why is the petition key the first key to recovery? The first key to finding my health? Well, because God wants to get very specific with you. I've been sensing this from the, for the last month, but, but I believe as God wants to get specific with us, we need to know that we can get specific with him. Now, now hear me when I say this, because a lot of us have some genuine, authentic prayers, but what we have is our vague prayers, general prayers, and that's great, and that's awesome, and and. Dare I say, my kids pray like that, and even I often pray like that, but I've been really challenged by the Holy Spirit this month to have specific prayers. Because it happens when you continue to grow in grace and you continue to see how much you have on the inside of you, you begin to dream for specific things and ask God for those certain things. Specific prayers. For example, the word petitions. And 1 John 5.15 is made up of two words. I'm not even going to try to, to, to pronounce it because I'll chop it up. <laughs> but they denote specific, exact, 
They denote explicit and precise precision, a detailed request. Or I'll say it like this, that this kind of request is so in-depth, thorough and comprehensive that there's no room for misunderstanding. You hear me? It's exact. For those of you that like to, for someone to shoot straight, this, this is for you because guess what? God wants you to shoot straight with what you desire. And, and we'll get into this for a second because some of you are even asking, well, doesn't he know everything that I, that I already desire? Well, yes, but, but hear me out because with the meanings of these Greek words in mind, check out, let's read 1 John 5.15 now. It could be interpreted like this. And if we can be confident that God hears us, regardless of what we ask or what physical or tangible need we may want him to meet for us, we can be sure that he will have a yes, hear me, to the specific, exact, explicit, detailed request that we desired of him. He wants to get specific. So let me ask you a question. When you pray, do you pray general sweeping prayers? Prayers for general blessings or have you learned the secret of getting specific in your prayer with God? You know that Jesus once encountered a, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus who cried out for mercy. You can find this in Mark chapter 10. I won't read the story for you, but you can go on your own time. But there's a principle that I want us to get here. Jesus asked him an unusual question. Everybody say specific. He asked, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Hold up, Jesus. Don't you know everything? Wait, Jesus. Don't you know this guy's been blind and he's been begging for quite some time? Like, why would Jesus ask, what do you want me to do for you? Or you could see it the other way and really see it. What an opportunity. If Jesus came to you and said, what can I do for you? <laughs> would you say, um... You should know already. Or would you say, what an opportunity? What an opportunity. Jesus basically offered Bartimaeus a blank check. Do you know what most of us would do with a blank check? We would fill in that blank right there with I don't know how many zeros. And, and, and get this, all he had to do was to be spe specific and fill the amount. And hear me, I know the answer seemed obvious to us, but Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to be specific in his request. Now, I can imagine Jesus responding to my prayers like this. I remember, that, like, I can tell you that I remember praying like this, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me. And it's as if Jesus would respond, what do you want me to do for you? I would pray to Jesus like this, please come to me. And it's as if Jesus would respond, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Jesus, please bless me. Jesus would respond, what do you want me to do for you? Help me, Jesus. I know a lot of us have had that prayer. Help me, Jesus. And he would respond, what do you want me to do for you? 
You see how we have these general prayers. Now we're maturing in grace. We're growing in this thing. And so I believe that it's our time to be specific. But unfortunately, many wounded people aren't confident or convinced of God's goodness, that it is enough, and that, that his goodness allows us to ask him even to heal those hidden hurts. I love what Gonzo just shared with us just a moment ago. You know, sometimes that you don't even know what's going on, but you know that something is off. That's the time where you say, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. I know this is a weird feeling. I don't feel aligned, but I'm not going with on my feelings and I want to lean on faith. So if I'm faithless today, help me in my unbelief. Do you know what? There have been many days where I've had that prayer. And the only way that you can have that prayer, hear me, is if you're convinced that God's goodness overrides any shame and guilt that you may feel. Because shame and guilt won't allow you to have that prayer. Because you'll be too scared to say, God, help me in my unbelief. The very thing that I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian, I'm not doing, so can you help me in it? <laughs> but when you know that God's not holding his sh- your, uh, shame against you, God's not holding guilt against you, guess what? You can have the prayer, Lord, I don't know what's going on right now, but I know that you're for me, and I know that you can help me in my unbelief, and, and, and you can heal my hid- hidden hurts. And, and listen, many of us, we, we're okay with the hidden hurts, meaning that we've, we've prayed general sweeping prayers, but we haven't gotten specific with God. And many of us do that because we would rather sulk and be a victim than victorious and not be healed. So, so be honest today, okay? Examine yourself. As Jesus has asked, do you want to be well? The petition, yeah, get honest in this area is the first key. Really quickly, on another occasion, Jesus was at the pool of Bethesda where he encountered a lame man who had been on his mat for 38 years. You can find that story in John 5. And Jesus asked this man, do you wish to get well? Okay, there it is again. Shouldn't Jesus know what to do? Shouldn't Jesus know that this man it has been on the mat for almost four decades. What a bizarre question to ask a man who hadn't walked for that long. And Jesus wanted the layman to examine himself to find out if he actually wanted to be healed or if he just wanted sympathy. So I'm going to ask you, what's our mat? What have we been laying on? What is that one thing that we have been laying on, that hurt that we've been feeling, that hurt that we've been tucking away for so long wounds from others guilt from past sins a life filled of addiction what is it do you desire to be healed I believe that if you're specific if you're specific if you're exact explicit detailed petition it's going to unlock some healing I believe it here's the second one write this down the confession key This key is second to recovery. And I will tell you this, that when checking into a hospital, 
a patient must give the doctor permission to find out what's wrong. None of us ever go to the doctor with a pain in our body and then we push the doctor away saying, I don't need you. Then why are you here? I believe each and every one of us have come to the physician, the great physician, for hope and help. But you know what confession does? Remember, as, as a new covenant believer, there is a different kind of confession, which is, which is a faith confession, a good confession, something that God believes true about us. But as a human, to, in order to get past certain things in our life, sometimes we got to be real with ourselves. And confession transfer, transfers your wound out of the darkness and into the light. Where you allow Jesus, the great physician, to treat you and heal you. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 13 says like this. All things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Yeah, healing begins the moment that you redirect your imagination and expose your wound to the light. Confession means to admit you've been holding on to the hurt. So you have two different kinds of confession as a believer. One is a faith confession, which is a good confession. But the second is what we're talking about here where we hurt And we don't try to cover up with some kind of Christianity posture. We don't try to cover up with some kind of holier than thou, I don't get hurt type of posture. But it's a posture where we're real with our humanity. Remember, Jesus on earth is known as the Son of Man, but also known as the Son of God, which allows me to refer to Jesus in two kinds, as a human, but as divinity. I am the same kind. I, I, I can see and feel my humanity, but I know my higher reality is divinity. Are you hearing me? I hope you never have a day where you stop at your humanity, but you continue on to your divinity. Remember, you can refer to Jesus in any realm. Jesus is the son of man, but he's also the son of God. He's sharing his divinity with us. Are you getting this? So James 5.16 tells us like this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Jesus never carried an offense because he refused to take the bait. He understood the power of confession. The more and more I see and read in scripture how Jesus got away from the disciples and the crowds, the more I see he was focused on a healthy heart. The more and more I see that he was intentional about getting away and finding that resting place for his soul in light of the gospel. What heaven believes about him. Are you getting me? Listen, but if we have failure to admit the hurts, we keep the wound in in the darkness, which provides fertile soil for the root of bitterness to grow. And that's not what God intended for us. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. God's intention for your life is to not, to not have your path be defiled. Bitterness is the offspring of an unhealed wound. And this is why the gospel empowers us to confront our hurts. Third one. Here we go. The forgiveness key. The forgiveness key. 
just close your eyes right, right where you are. I felt this this past Monday at Gospel Circle, but I sensed this this morning as well. The forgiveness key. Many of us, and this is what I hear the Spirit saying, give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance, child. I believe in you. I know the pain that is in your heart. I know the things that have hindered you. For some of us, it hasn't even been our faults. Give yourself a chance. I would even go ahead and say, give them a chance. Okay, open your eyes. The forgiveness key. Forgiving those who have hurt you and I is a necessary key to recovery. I believe that's where you get your power back. Unwillingness to forgive is the number one barrier that shuts down healing. It's the thing that prohibits me from moving forward and growing in God's goodness. Unforgiveness is the primary reason why sore spots never heal in the first place. Unconditional forgiveness, when an offense occurs, can prevent a sore spot from forming. Listen, I wish that all of us can walk through life not being hurt from people or family or even spouses, but understand this, that we are going to get hurt. We are going to have some misunderstandings. But it doesn't have to stop there. If we truly want to be healed in our relationships, in our hearts, and in our marriages, you must renew your mind. What does that even mean? Remember, we've been talking about our imagination. We must redirect our imagination and stop wishing evil to come upon us and those who have offended us. You must remember that you have the power to forgive because you have been forgiven. You have your power back. You don't believe me? Look at Colossians 3 verse 13. This is the message version. I love the way it says it. It says, be even tempered. Yo, that's a word. Be even tempered. Content with second place. Quick Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely how? As the master forgave you. What frees us to forgive people? Listen, we talked about this last week, but forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. You have a memory. You have a brain. And you store things in that mind, whether you try it or not. But when you choose to forgive, and some of us are on the process of forgiving because forgiveness is a process. It's an ongoing thing. It's a decision I choose to make each and every day. I choose to forgive. Why? Because God forgave me. He forgave all my sins, my trespasses, everything that I said against him. Even the moments where I ran away from him, he's been so good to bless me in my life that I could, I could really receive that kind of forgiveness and then freely forgive those that have hurt me. It's possible. This means that your forgiveness is not based on you, 
but it's based on, on God's forgiveness for you. Hear me. Forgive as quickly, as completely as your master forgave you. You got your power back. Y'all remember whiteout? <laughs> Some of you don't remember whiteout. It's what we used when we would type on a typewriter. And then when, when, when we would have a typo or a mistake, we would then take the page out and we would white it out and then we'd put it back in. Whiteout. It was a magic liquid, right? That covered up our mistakes that covered up our unfortunate slip-ups. White out. You brush on the liquid and, and, and you start over again, right? Well, made that mistake, let me start over again. And, and hopefully this time, when I put the page back in, I won't have another slip-up. That's, that's how I was raised, doing papers. But hear me, we tend to see white out as forgiveness. It blots out our mistakes but understand if you can cover it then you can uncover it if you can cover it with whiteout all you have to do is take a coin scratch that sucker right off and there reveals your mistake can i tell you that you and i can be glad today that god did something better than whiting out your mistakes your failures your sins he did something greater his blood actually eradicated it it's no longer attached to you so no longer do we have a typewriter theology we have a computer theology where we can erase delete and get rid of the document are you hearing me <laughs> He forgave you by the blood of his son. He washed you clean. He brought you close. Your mistakes, your failures, those hurts, done. There's no trace of it. So hear me, how can I forgive those that have hurt me? Well, See yourself in light of the gospel. Do you know what happens when you see yourself in light of the gospel and what God did for you? Man, you receive. And then as Paul says that love compels me, yeah, some way, somehow, <laughs> I'm able to forgive others. Forgiveness is a byproduct of receiving forgiveness. Let me say that again, that forgiving others is a byproduct of receiving forgiveness from God. You can't forgive in your own effort, in your own strength. You can try to do it, and it'll last for a moment. But remember, the unseen is what we are fixed on today. And the unseen says that you and I have this eternal forgiveness in Christ, that we have been forgiven beyond measure, that we have been forgiven beyond comprehension. And the more that I receive that forgiveness daily, 
the more I'm able to walk out this life of forgiving other people because there won't be a day where I get offended and hurt, but that's okay because my God's forgiveness is bigger than any offense that I feel, that I may experience, and I can love freely, and I can embrace people in my life with no expectations, and I can give love just as I receive love. And if you're glad for that, come on, give them some praise. All right, close your eyes. Forgiveness. You know, I used to think of forgiveness as this big mountain that you had to climb. Man, what a mountain. And along that mountain, I had to have good gear. Well, I got to take faith. Got to put that in my backpack. Um, how, about an, how about a positive attitude as I, as I go try to confront this person? Yeah positive attitude. Let me put that in my backpack. And I had to pack in order to forgive. It's not a mountain that you have to climb. But what if, and we often say this, is that what if God actually took what you weren't good at, which is forgiveness, and placed you at the top of the mountain, also known as the finish line. So you can look back and you can see how far you've come. Wow, God. After everything that I did, you brought me from down there to up here. You've changed my view. <laughs> I see differently. This is what forgiveness is like. I wasn't good at forgiveness, but you placed me where I needed to be so that I can see your forgiveness clearly. Psalm 34, 18 says it like this, that if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Psalms 51, 17 says, heart shattered, lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Luke 4, 18 declares over you, child of God, that he was sent to heal your broken heart. Hey, let's just be specific today. Some of us haven't been specific with God today. Maybe in a while. Let's be specific with God today. What is that one thing that has been hindering us? And, and if you don't know, it's okay. What if you ask, God, help me in my unbelief so that I can see clearly. Now, I'm going to pray out loud. But in your own words, I want you to pray that specific thing. And you, you, don't, you don't have to pray a begging prayer. You just simply say, God... This thing has hindered me, and I thank you for your healing. And what if Jesus is asking you, what can I do for you? Well, then answer it. Heal my broken heart. Heal this relationship. Heal my heart towards them. Whatever it may be. I'm going to pray out loud, but you have your own words. This is between you and God. 
So here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can be specific with you, Jesus. I thank you that, Lord, whatever we have buried in our hearts, Lord, I thank you that, God, it can be healed in your light. Your word declares that we were healed. So some of us have been living from a place of wounds and hurts, which means that we've been living from our past. But God, you're you're calling us to our present and our future. You're in our present. You're right now. And you've put hope in our hearts for our future. So Jesus, allow us to see the healing that you've already given us. And for those of us that need to forgive others, extend forgiveness to others. Lord, I I pray right now that whatever is hindering us, whatever has prohibited us from extending forgiveness to those around us, Lord, I pray that you would heal our hearts. And Lord, that we would find courage to, in you, to be able to walk this out. No expectations, just a forgiveness. For some of us, we need to forgive others. But I know there's some of us in here that need to forgive ourselves. And so, Jesus, I pray for those that are in here that haven't forgiven themselves. And I just declare over them that you have one opinion of them. And that's a good opinion. As John 4, 17 says that just as Jesus is in this world, so are we. Lord, that we may take that picture and God, you've, because of your righteousness, you've made us complete and hold. We're not shattered or broken pieces here on earth, but we're glimpses, we're reflections. I even dare say we're doorways of heaven here on earth. I thank you for your healing today. It's a deep, it's a deep healing today. We allow the great physician to do heart work today in Jesus' name.